Y'all, I try to get so hype <laughs> for this first episode of 2018, but I'm in a very mellow space and I'm just going to honor that, especially since I'm going to be talking this whole month about the link between de-schooling and self-care. So I think in this moment, one of the things that I'm de-schooling from is needing to appear a certain way. You know, it's the first of January. It's 2018. I'm supposed to be like, turn up. Okay. Turn up if you'd like. <laughs> Gratitude to my newest patrons. Let's see. Gigi. Gigi, did I shout you out already? If I did, whatever. Double shout outs to Gigi. Alicia, Carol, Laura, Veronica, and Lene. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast over at patreon.com forward slash Akila. Y'all head over there, do what you can this year to support this movement around people of color in self-directed education. So if you follow me on the interwebs, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, I've been talking about since January 1, the de-schooling release party. We are releasing the details about what de-schooling looks like for us and how we loop in our self-care into the mix. So I've got six guest DJs for you on this mixtape. <laughs> and the first one is Yolanda Coles-Jones. You already know her from this podcast. She was on episode 40. Remember this? Much of my personal motivation, and I know the same is true for my partner and my husband, we both know how we lived and how we came through and the struggles that we were presented having been placed in boxes of whatever kind, mm -hmm. you know, whether they be belief or scholastic, you know, achievements, boxes, um, the way to learn, a certain way to learn, a certain way to look. I mean, all of those things and, and the struggle of, of as you, you said, trying to separate or stand away from those things. And so it propels you into figuring out what does work. And when you bring little people into the picture and you observe that they are in their own right, each embarking on a journey, yeah. you want them to not have that, that bogged down weight. So giving them freedom to, to figure it out instead of you know, imposing on them. So we are back and we are talking about what de-schooling and self-care look like for Yolanda. And we started out with a little bit of an excerpt from something that she posted on Instagram that I thought spoke directly and beautifully to self-care. You said, self-care is also seeking a therapist, doing inner work, drinking water, allowing yourself to take a nap, being realistic about and releasing what is beyond your control, prioritizing and paring down. I want to talk to you, Yolanda, about your de-schooling journey. What are some of the things that you are needing to unlearn as you raise free people, including yourself and your partner and your music and your photography and <laughs> all yeah. the things. Yes, absolutely. It's, it gives me so much joy to hear you read that, that list back to me. <laughs> <laughs> because God knows it is like, I feel like I birthed it out of my own life. And I just felt like there have been so much chatter in the internet ethers about what self-care is and isn't. And everyone was kind of putting it forth as this concept of always being a thing that feels good. It's always 
you know, taking a bubble bath and that's an element of it. It's always going to get a manicure. That's one element of it. It's always having chocolate and wine. That's one element of it. But then there, there seem to be missing, you know, some really simple things and needful things, things that don't cost money. A lot of things, of course, seeing a therapist costs some money. But then just the idea of doing inner work, you can do a lot of inner work by yourself without money. You know, you have a village, there are lay counselors, there are people around you. You'd be surprised about who has wisdom near you and who, you know, the universe kind of orchestrates and puts in your path. But if you do have the means going to sit with a therapist. But then there are lots of things on the list that I made that don't cost money at all. Needful things that we have to do. And I didn't know that for a lot of my life. And I was, you know, I think I've had enough periods of being flat on my back laid out for like stress accumulating in my body in the form of neck spasms, back spasms or migraine headaches or anxiety or depression. And not that these things don't come by other means, but I know for a fact that I was just doing too much. Like I was carrying everybody's everything and not taking time for for myself. In fact, I would say, I'm going to do this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and then I'm going to take care of me. I would have all the elder women in my ear, my auntie and my mom, and even my dad saying, you need to take care of you first. You need to take care of you first. And it just didn't register for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Did not register. And then finally, I don't even remember when it was, but it just hit me that this is absolutely true. And I could see a marked difference when I carved out the time to take care of myself first, and then I could go and take care of everyone else. I just, I could feel there was a, there was a marked difference in the way that I felt. And that was an indicator to me that, oh, like <laughs> I wrote it on a post-it and it's on my mirror right now. It says, I take expressly or measurably is what it says. I'm not there right now to read it, but it says, I think it says, I take measurably better care of everyone else once I've taken really good care of me. That is true. I mean, it's just absolutely true. And so does that always mean that I go and I spend a full day to myself and I can do, I can read a book and I can, you know, do all the things that one would imagine that you could do if you didn't have children or if you didn't have this person to take care of or this work thing that you need to do. I may not always have that full day, but there are little things that I can do to bring care to myself, to restore me so so that I'm not entirely depleted running around at the mercy of everybody else's needs. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you said so that you're not depleted because we are groomed to work towards that point of depletion and also judged by our capacity to endure. A part of what is so revolutionary about self-care, as much as we hear that terminology touted, is that it allows you to remember yourself. And the reason that I tie it into de-schooling is because for me, that's what that journey has been. When we took our daughters out of public education and said, if education is really about an enriching of, of oneself and an ownership of oneself, then we can't simulate that environment for them or we can't even show them that environment in themselves. We can live it and yeah. we can like be really present as it shows up for them we could be better witnesses and figure out how to support them as we you know right. that sort of thing and that is exactly what happens with the self for de-schooling too because mm-hmm. you start to put down a lot of the things cuz you needed to uphold some idea when you put the shit down it was like ow oh, if i yeah. don't know right like how am i viewing a thing when i'm like i don't know what my daughter needs right now i don't know what her focus mm-hmm. should be but i'm willing to discover that with her 
you know, the same thing happens for the self. And so I love that you're talking about not waiting until we get to that point of depletion, because Mm -hmm. it's the same thing with our children, not seeing how much they can retain or recite or regurgitate or whatever, but actually looking to see who they are, just Mm -hmm. like you're looking at yourself and what you need and what Mm -hmm. your environment needs Mm -hmm. to look like in order to nurture that, you know, you find yourself being really present with that, right? Like, what do I need? What might it look like? Absolutely. And one of, one of the words that sticks out and has been really, has really called me to do the work is just simply the word notice. Just notice. Even, even if you find yourself depleted and you can't prevent, like, not that you can't, but you didn't pay attention until you noticed that you were depleted, then really give like attention to what you're seeing and noticing and what is coming to your awareness. Just like with our children, we can't always see what's happening, you know, while it's happening. It's like there's this precipitated moment where it's brought clear and then you stop and notice. And so noticing where there are needs and noticing where something needs to be adjusted or changed or noticing where there's pain, noticing where there's discomfort, noticing where I feel tense and anxious and just like scanning the body. And, you know, it's the same as looking out onto my children and scanning them and seeing, observing what is it that they need. And so, yeah, much like what you said, it's just like, for me, what's really been powerful is learning how to notice. And that Mm -hmm. has come from like my mindfulness practice, I feel like has sharpened that a great deal as well just being, you know, right here in the moment. And right here could mean here inside my body. It could mean here inside my home. It could mean here in this space where my children are orbiting around me. It could mean in this car with this traffic. It could mean (laughs) at work with my client, whatever it is, being fully present right there, like in that place, being at zero. That's a language. You know, that's, I keep, when I did the last round of um, Raising Free People workshop, that's the term, the thing that kept coming up a lot is like, this is its own language that we're developing and, and a big part of the language, a part of the primary vocabulary of this language of raising free people is mm-hmm. witnessing or noticing, as you call it. Yeah. Getting a lot more proficient in the language of just noticing shit without needing to change it or fix it or whatever. Because one of the things that you talked about in that same post, that one was on December 5th, y'all. I'm going to put her Instagram link (laughs) (laughs) so you can get some, um, where you, you talked about honoring boundaries. I think that noticing and witnessing allows you to do that. And, you know, a part of self care, as you noted, is honoring boundaries, your own. And those belonging to others. And when you are in a position to notice, then it allows you to say, oh, shit, I see why he's acting like that. It does kind of feel like I'm all up in his shit. You know, like this happens with me and Chris all the time where I'm like, why is he tripping? And then (laughs) when I when I start witnessing, I'm like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm, sorry, sorry. You know, and I just back up totally. That is so, yes, that is, that is the move. Absolutely. <laughs> you can't do that. If you're like all wound up and bound up and like the boundaries are not something that you're paying attention to, you're overall into something and you're all stressed out about it. And it's not even yours. Like back up a little bit. <laughs> yes. You know? And it's not even yours. I love, listen, especially with our children, when you talk about it's not even yours, you know, we take on because we tend to see them as extensions of us. We take on their stuff. And Mm -hmm. so then we say that they're stressing us out 
When it's uh, like, nah, like I took it. I took the shit. Like they walked in with the problem and I didn't witness it. I didn't have the opportunity to notice and see what's going on and see if, you know, it might just be empathy that they need and not right. be to try to solve it. I'm trying to solve it. And then I'm making them the problem. Yeah. <laughs> that's such a good point because there are like, I mean, I don't know about you, but you know, sometimes as parents, we can be so just involved that we rob our children of the opportunity to learn and practice and grow on their own, you know, and to partner with them through yeah. something. And then we just, blame them for not having the ex- skill. <laughs> right. Exactly. And we never gave them opportunity to learn it or practice it or refine yeah. it. Exactly. Which also gives us the space now to not have as much stuff on our plate to deal with. Yes. Yeah. And that's what this is about. That's why when I reached out, I said, listen, I don't want this conversation to just be about motherhood or parenthood because we're really talking about the self here. When you make this sort of decision, whether you homeschool or unschool or anything in between, um, but specifically the aspect that is self-directed. So I know some homeschooling is not. But I am speaking specifically to when we go that route of saying, I'm going to nurture what is what I'm noticing in my child, as opposed Mm -hmm. to defining something and then, you know, saying how best can I get them to do this? You know, it really comes with a level of need for self-care that says, I'm going to be willing to embrace not knowing. I'm Mm going to need to release a level of control and Parenting and control are almost like synonymous, mm-hmm. you, you know, like that's your job to control as much shit as possible. The outcomes, you know, that sort of thing, control your temper, control the perception of you. There's so many ideas of control. Absolutely. I mean, this is this is something It's so funny that you would say that in therapy. One of the things that I'm working on is this whole concept of like letting go of others expectations of me. Even even if the other person is the Yolanda before she had children or the Yolanda before she got mm-hmm. married or Yolanda when she was this or that at this stage in life. So there were, there are moments where, you know, I have four kids. And so when we try to when I try to mobilize the troops and get out <laughs> and be there on time, that is a really big effort. No matter how much preparing I can do the night before, it's like something or someone always goes rogue. And then <laughs> I'm like really frustrated or I had been in the past, just really irritated by it. And, and because I'm thinking about, oh, my God, this person's, other, you know, this other person's time or this other person's perception of, you know, what I should be doing or how I should be doing it. And then I've learned I've just learned and practiced like I can only do what I can do. And this is my stage right now. I have four very young children who are still learning what it means to prepare. And I'm practicing with them all along the way, what it means to prepare, what it means to plan, what it means to move quickly, what it means to move without feeling anxious, what it means to like use a timer and be mindful of. um, These are all things that I'm actively teaching them and I'm expecting them to have mastery and I'm feeling bad about what other people are. No. (laughs) I have to release all of that, let that go, and then like let the stress out of my so- all out of my shoulders when we're showing up late. Like this is not so I'm not reporting to the principal. I'm not reporting Thank to you. some authority. Like I'm doing my life and that is okay. Like where I am right now, it's not that I don't care about these other people. That's not a true thing for me to say and that's not a true thing for someone else to think or believe. I do care about your time. I respect your time. Also, I'm raising four children and each one of them is their own individual and me trying to get them all together and move them to one place at one time and in like a timely manner is not that easy. And that's right. okay. 
just accepting what is real. <laughs> yes. And the problem is with you, not me, because the reality, especially when you choose to raise free people, is that you are going to honor their needs. So when you choose that other model, you can say, yes, I'm going to slap you if you're not in the car by 120 or, you know, or yell or whatever. Or I can say, as you said, I'm teaching them these tools. I'm saying, set the thing on your phone. Did you check to see if your brother um, set his? You know, that sort of thing is your phone charged. You know, all these logistics yeah. that you might yeah. judge me for being late and you're not even considering the level of logistics that have oh. to happen. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, that was really stressing me out for a time. And then yes. I just, I mean, there's so many things when you ask the question about how I'm de-schooling. I mean, I've, I'm shedding so much. Mm. I have been in the course of the last year or two. And, and I think that one of the main things is like other people's that assumption of what other people are thinking about me that have not lived the life that I'm living, that have <laughs> no idea what my journey is, no idea what it's like in my house at a point or a given time. And that is the freedom. That, yes. is, that, that is the release in the shoulders. And that is the, the space that you create in the breath that you take right there. Like you make space for you yes. and you just rest in it. And then people have no choice, but to adjust and also to realize like it's a growth opportunity for that other person because they yes. get to, Oh my gosh, I can do it this way or I can <laughs> do it that way. You know, like it, it's growth opportunities for all. <laughs> <laughs> right. Win, 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 win. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is so wonderful. I really deeply appreciate that. And that is it. That That's the rhythm of Yolanda. That's why Yolanda Coles Jones needed to be here. Because when you um witness or notice the ways that she shares, whether it is, again, just in the form of a beautiful little song or her dancing outside the club because they finally played oh, reggae yeah. and she was going to get her wine in. <laughs> Oh that was yeah. like one of my faves. So, you know, you're going to get to see all of that. And in all of that, what I really value is that as a woman who is connected to the idea of raising free people and self-directed education, I think you're just such a beautiful example of just being like, this is my reality. I'm not yeah. trying to put myself um, out here as any guru. I'm really just sharing what the journey looks like for me yeah. and my gifts within it. Those yeah. gifts also happen to include, you know, my four peoples and my mm -hmm. partner and, you know, all these different things. So I think it's encouraging for others of us who choose to live out loud and learn out loud, you know, and the realities of self-care that come with making that kind of choice. Absolutely. Because you have to take good care. You just have to. And I've, I've personally learned that when you don't and, you know, for whatever reason you don't, either you just don't know how or you don't feel like it's possible, or no one has ever really like walked you through it, which is another reason why I'm talking about it, because I, I, I hate the thought of knowing friends, whether they are, you know, wherever they are in the world, or knowing people are existing, and they just don't know, and they're in misery, like I was, and yes. I could just speak up, and that might help somebody, because I'm, I feel like I have a responsibility to my journey to share it with all the other beings that are the same as me. Like we're all, I just believe we're all connected. That's my own, you know, that gets into like spirituality and all these things. And I don't want to get too deep, but I, I just really feel like we're all connected. And if I share my story in an honest way, that someone will be able to take something away from it that will help them along in their journey. And then we all progress as a result. Collectively. Absolutely. Oh, collectively at that. I want to make sure we get in how that's showing up for you right now, literally. So you sing, 
You are also a photographer. You know, you do work in your community. Tell us a little bit about the ways that your connectedness to self and love and flexibility and mindfulness, how are they showing up in your life right now? What are you doing? Yeah. So I am, I'm being invited to a lot of different things and I'm not seeking, which is also a thing that has been astonishing to me. I keep saying, I keep finding myself saying the universe just amazes me (laughs) really because I'm not seeking out any of these invitations, but I've been invited to sit at tables and to be on podcasts and to display my artwork in galleries and to sing at this place and that. I mean, I'm just, the Literally, things are coming to me. Yes, I'm grateful for the for the <laughs> opportunity to just be myself, and then have that ma- like it's it's almost this magnetic sort of thing that brings people who are looking for the very thing that's in you brings them to you to explore spaces and to be seen even more, which it can be intimidating, which also <laughs> brings with it this need to you know kind of center, come on back to zero, come exactly. On back. Exactly. Remember myself. Remember myself. How do I ground myself? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So, you know, I I have my own grounding practices and I believe that everyone's will be different. But the goal is to just find your way back home wherever you are to just be able to know that you can always go home. And it's not it's it's not a physical place. Yeah, Yeah. it's a feeling. It's a feeling because you set a boundary and that that is helping to preserve what's there and it's helping you to stay in contact with it because those those energies can pull you and that's the yes. other thing you know being able to know the boundary and you can usually sense it in your body like when you are arriving at something and it's like you know it's not time it's not you're not deciding to someone is pushing you to your boundary mm-hmm. versus you deciding to go toward it in a time that that you decide you can feel it and you can sense it and it's not right. And so you have control. You have to always be able to notice and practice noticing so you can decide for you. Okay, now is the time for me to steal away and get yes. back to get back to zero. Get back home. I need to go home for a second. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and be able to do it. Be able to do it. This is not a request. This is, you yeah. know, I'm telling you what's happening at the moment. I'm yes. gonna make an executive decision. <laughs> You are listening to episode 59 of Fear of the Free Child podcast with Akila S. Richards. The show notes page for today's episode is akilasrichards.com forward slash five nine. Episode 59, you can connect with Yolanda, get details about her blog, her social media pages, and just all her genuine black girl joy. <laughs> So since we're talking about self-care, I have on my blog, therealllifejoneses.com, there are at least three very specific posts that are in in recent months about people having this assumption that I do a whole lot of things and that I am like, that I've achieved mastery over all of them and that I run like some sort of ship where everything is sparkling clean and never a foul odor anywhere. I just, (laughs) just talk about like how I don't do it all. Like, this question of, oh my God, how do you do it all? And then answering no, it's that it's simply, I just don't, I don't do it all. (laughs) There are things that I just don't do. There are things that I'm not excellent at and there are things that I outsource. And so I talk about those things. So there are blog entries that really go into, you know, just being real and understanding what limits are and understanding what it means to take care of yourself there at therealllifejoneses.com. So there's, you know, there are lots of um, ebooks in the work around that also. Great. And 
healing circles. We're not really, so I'm calling them healing circles, but really just opportunities to sit and chat with people who are interested in learning more about practice, grounding practices um, and developing their own. Because, you know, I can say what I do, but it's really up to the person to decide what makes them feel most at home and within their own self. This is so very necessary. And when you make this decision to raise free people, whether as a parent or as a part of a community, self-care looks a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And the more resources you have to sort of feel through and develop and get confident in your own practices, the less you will react to other people's perceptions of what you're doing or your feelings of doubt and all of these normal things that come with the work. Mm -hmm. All right. So Yolanda, I appreciate you being a part of the music of all of this, as always, I, you know, we do this mutual adoration thing. We could do it for days. Thank you so much for making time for us. Thank you, Akila, for having me. Thanks for listening to Fair the Free Child podcast. Like the show? Then show your love or give your feedback at akilasrichards.com.